It's time to talk about infidelity. I was recently contacted by Curve Media. They are currently developing a feature-length documentary that will tell the full story of an affair. Told in the past tense, the film will explore infidelity and its consequences with empathy and honesty. We need to break the silence. They would love to talk to you. If you are willing to have an off-the-record conversation to find out more, please get in touch with them at theaffair@curvemedia.com. Check out today's episode notes for more information. Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity may contain explicit and questionable content. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual podcaster and are not based on the advice of a licensed psychologist, therapist, or a psychiatrist. Listener discretion is strongly recommended. People's lives follow many different paths, with twists and turns and choices never planned nor expected. In life, temptation, anger, depression, and loneliness can lead a good person to a mistake that they just can't take back. When they are facing judgment and isolation, a person can feel very alone. In this podcast, you will hear stories of women who have chosen to cheat on their spouses or partners. Hear their stories. This is Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity. Hello and welcome to Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity. And as always, this is Rebecca. Before we continue with Carrie's story, just a reminder about my Ponder episodes. Looking for information, I talked a little bit about the two that I'm working on right now on episode one, which by the way, if you're new to the podcast, go back to the episode prior to this one to listen to part one of Carrie's story, then that way you're kind of caught up with where we're going to be going here today in part two. But anyway, I talked about the fighting over sex, arguing over sex, people's experiences and what they've done to fix it, or have they, you know, those types of things. And also the threesomes gone, wacko, what happened? Did you bring somebody extra into the bedroom for fun? Did you even want to? You know, I've got some interesting stories coming in. One of them was that this man had been having an affair with this woman for a long time, and he finally convinced the wife to bring her in, and so she caved and did. And so it really got his socks off. But then she found out later he'd been cheating on her, and it was really, that was not easy. But situations like that that can go a little out of, they can go sideways. They weren't what the intent was for. So anyway, if you have anything like that, please email me. They're always anonymous, just like the podcast uh, stories, both from the men's perspective of why their wives cheated to the women's perspective of why they cheated. Last week, we met Carrie, and she shared a bit about herself, her childhood, and how she met and married her husband, who chose to join the army. She shared in her struggles that she was going through being a military wife and the feeling of being alone. She had lost confidence in herself and she had had low self-image due to weight gain after she had her first child, which I think a lot of us can relate to, yes. She did talk about how loyal her husband was and though he was reluctant, he agreed to an official separation while he was deployed for a long period of time. Enter Brandon her manager at work, 
and how an affair ensued. So in this episode today, we will learn what transpired with her affair and how her marriage overcame the affair and where things are in the marriage. My job was at a restaurant and I worked seconds and thirds. It was a fun place to work at the time and I had grown close to quite a few people there. At the time, Brandon was going through some shit with his wife. He was a stickler about rules, didn't talk a lot about personal stuff, tried to be funny with silly dad jokes. He was Danny Tanner's twin in many ways, but we all knew enough to know that something was going on with him. One night we were short-staffed and it was just me, him, and one other person. We were so busy and to my surprise, after a phone call, he disappeared. After the chaos ended, I went looking for him. I found him sitting on the floor in the stockroom crying. This 30-year-old man looked like a broken child on the floor, and I had never seen him like this. I asked him what was wrong, and he told me, basically, his wife had been cheating on him with a friend, and she was leaving him. That's what the phone call was about. He asked me to leave him alone for a few more minutes, and then he came back up front, and we worked the rest of the shift without anything else said. The next time I saw him, I asked how he was, and he opened up to me a little bit, and I let him know I'd listen if he ever wanted to talk. I've always been like this with everyone, so to me this wasn't out of line, and I have many male friends that are just friends. One night after a shift, we sat in the lobby just talking about what was going on. I opened up about my marriage and issues with things at home, all while listening to him. We slowly became friends. We would go shoot pool after work with other coworkers. We would meet at the park and let our kids play together because they knew each other from crossing paths at the restaurant. He was pretty heartbroken by all that was going on. There was one day in particular that was pretty bad. His wife had moved her new guy into their home while Brandon was at work. He was in the process of moving out, but it was not something he thought she would do. He was angry. I was in the process of leaving my shift when he told me all about this, and he asked if I'd be willing to help him move his stuff later that day. So I did. After all was done, I went to leave, and I gave him a quick hug. He always did side hugs, but he actually hugged me, and I was kind of surprised. He thanked me, and we agreed to meet up with the kids the next day at the park before work. The next day came around, and after the kids played, he asked me to shoot pool after work. I agreed, and we met later that night. Nothing was out of the ordinary at the billiards place. We had normal banter and conversation, and we stayed until closing time. I had to go get my child from the sitter, so we made our way into the parking lot. As we said goodbye, he reached out to hug me, and he hugged me hard and tight. I felt such a spark in that hug, and it was so shocking to me. I tried to tell myself that I was crazy, and there's no way he liked me like that. And before he let me go, he slowly kissed me. He initially apologized, but at that moment, I didn't care, and I kissed him again. It felt so right at that moment. I had butterflies and was just lost in it all. 
I honestly couldn't believe that this guy, who was pretty damn handsome, thought me as attractive and kissed me. I gained a little bit of confidence back that night. This affair ended up lasting a long time, but with breaks every now and then. Before my husband came back home, I saw Brandon pretty often between work and after. Once we finally slept together, I couldn't get enough of him. He was different in so many ways from my husband. Not that my husband was bad, because that wasn't it at all. Brandon was just different. He had these strange little touches and things he thoughtfully made up just for me. One in particular was a brush between my fingers with just a little bit of pressure. He took his time pleasuring me one night and got my mind to connect that part of my hand with just what he could do. So at work, it would seem like just a brush on the hand was more. It was his way of telling me he was thinking about having his way with me at that moment. He was cautious about showing affection, especially at work, so those little things just kept me smitten. We had quite a few months of just being together while he worked through his divorce. It was fun to date again. We kept things fairly hush-hush. A few of my friends knew, but outside of that, people talked, but that was it. When my husband returned, things were still rocky between us. Even though we decided to stay together, I couldn't let Brandon go. We did end things for a bit due to my husband coming back and Brandon trying to adjust to life as a single parent. Then I started a different job and got pregnant with my second child. Occasionally, I would visit the place I used to work and chat with him. The chemistry was always there. It wasn't until my middle child was around two that we ran into each other again and started messing around again. I tell you that he's like a magnet for me and it's just crazy how it happens. I fell in love with Brandon all over again. I couldn't help it. We were sleeping together here and there and then I found out I was pregnant. I knew it was Brandon's child. I told him and I said I was going to talk to the doctor about my options. He was willing to support my decision, however, he really didn't want to have a baby. He is seven years older than I was. I was 29 at the time, and his children were older. After much thought, I realized I couldn't bring myself to terminate my pregnancy. I lied to my husband about the baby being his. He'd recently had a vasectomy, but was not cleared for shooting blanks yet. But I knew there was no way it was his baby. I knew the exact date of conception because of the lack of sex at home, and this is part of the reason why I slept with Brandon. My husband's memory isn't as good as mine. I did spend the majority of my pregnancy away from Brandon. I was high risk and stayed close to home. I did see Brandon the night before I had my baby. He apologized for not being part of things and we slept together that night too. I think he spent more time rubbing my pregnant belly and talking to it that night than my husband ever did. It made me sad to a degree because both these men were great dads and men that I loved and I loved them both very much. After my baby was born, Brandon kept in contact with me. 
He saw the baby a few times, but refused to really get attached, which I get. For the next couple of years, I would see him from time to time at his work. When my youngest child, Brandon's kid, was around three, my husband and I hit another very bad rough patch in our marriage. Our middle child was diagnosed with some health issues, and my husband checked out. He shut us out and pretty much became a wall. Yeah, he was there, but he wasn't. I know people take news differently, but he was usually a great partner in rough times, even when he knew about the earlier days with Brandon. Yes, I had told him about Brandon once he had come back from deployment before I got pregnant by Brandon. I found myself angry taking on all this new stuff by myself with our child and I felt abandoned again. This time, I told my husband that if I was going to live as a roommate and feel like a single mom, then I was going to make it official and be one. He, of course, begged me to stay, but it wasn't enough. I ended up getting a better job. I didn't work for about six years because I'd had my last two kids. I had saved for an apartment and moved out for a couple of times. But I was honestly at my old house with my kids more than the apartment, which is why I ended up moving back home and living as roommates with my husband. Our kids were struggling with the changes, and so were we. During the time that I was moved out, I did run into Brandon at the store. He asked me how things were, and I updated him on my current situation. He wasn't divorced yet because he couldn't afford it, so they were working on a disillusion so his ex could marry the guy she left him for. He asked me to have a late dinner with him to continue catching up, and I agreed. We had a great dinner, and you could just feel the chemistry between us. I was really emotionally drained from the situation with my middle child, my husband, and work. I was just trying to get through life, so I kept myself from going further. That lasted about two weeks before I find myself back in Brandon's bed. I swear this man is my kryptonite. I wanted so much to try and be with him, but even with all that we had been through, he never really wanted to be with me. He was open about being scared to commit from the start of his divorce 10 years prior. Yes, this affair lasted on and off for that long. I was aware, and after a certain point, I just felt hurt because I felt like no matter how much I loved him, he would never love me back in a way that would work out. In the meantime, my husband started going to counseling and started trying everything to get me back. It was pretty infuriating to me because before I made the decision to leave, I had begged him to work with me and the kids to help our child, but he never would. He was even talking to another woman from school and she was considering moving to our area to be with him. So that made me even more angry. I didn't care that he had someone, but once he found out I was talking to Brandon again, he wanted to smother me. It all came to a head on Christmas Eve. We got into a huge fight over him being a hypocrite since he now had a girlfriend and trying to say I left because of Brandon, which wasn't true. 
I left because he checked out on our daughter's health diagnosis for over a year, and I felt alone. I didn't even see Brandon until after I moved out. During our argument, I told my husband our youngest child wasn't his. Of course, he was furious with my lies, and I can't blame him. I called Brandon to warn him my husband might contact him because I told the truth. He didn't contact Brandon, but needless to say, things were shitty for a little bit after that. Like I said earlier, I did move back home and my husband and I lived as roommates for a couple of months. Brandon and I kind of stopped talking and I was pissed about that. The woman my husband was talking to ended up calling it quits because I had found out he was sending her money, which was a huge red flag, and she was actually going to abandon her three kids for him. I found out later she was using him for money, so I was right in being upset. And I told him that a woman who would leave her kids for a man three states away was not ever going to be a part of our children's lives, and I would fight him over it. I didn't care if they wanted to be together, but after a certain point, even he agreed that this was wrong. He told her she should bring her kids with her. That led to him eventually cutting things off with her. We made mistakes, but when it came to all the kids involved between us and our affair partners, we realized it was time to step back and really think about how we were affecting them. With my husband going to counseling and cutting out our affair partners, we were able to get past our issues. It's now been seven to eight years since I've spoken to Brandon. Last year I saw him at our local grocery store with my youngest, his biological daughter, by my side. She was nine then and we made eye contact, but that was it. No hi, no conversation, and no butterflies. I surprisingly feel nothing for him. We have mutual friends, so I know his ex-wife divorced the guy she left him for, and now they are back together. As for my husband and I, we are still together. It will be 19 years of marriage and 24 years together this year. We're still growing and involving in our relationship, and we've tried many things. At one point, we had an open relationship after Brandon. I know now that I am not a monogamous person. I'm pansexual and poly-minded while he's straight and monogamous. So, after going to counseling separately, we've tried to find ways to help each other with our differences. I feel lucky things have worked out the way they did, especially when the truth came out about my youngest daughter, because in the end, my husband is a really good man. And that is Carrie's story. It is so much, so many different things that had happened. It's just amazing. And I checked in with her to see how things were going. It had been a while since I'd received her story. And she said things with her husband are still going good. They're still going in a good direction. She still hasn't talked to Brandon in a long time. So nothing has changed. A few things that I wanted to say to Carrie was, I feel you're very, very much a very strong woman. You've gone through so much. You know, you admit that you were young and you weren't ready to get married. You wanted to have that 
nice wedding and all that, and it got pushed through. You knew it was for the the better. Um, for it was for the better when it came to your little boy, in case something had happened, which it completely understands. Um, but then having to do this all by yourself and feel like you're alone. And if you're a person that likes to be around other people, it's I imagine it's got to be really hard. Um, and I'm I'm glad that your husband was able to learn the truth because I think as more time went on and everything, it just could have been worse. And he sounds like he's a very good and patient man. And, you know, he probably, that daughter is his daughter. I mean, that is how it is, I'm sure, in your house. And I wonder if down the road you might, or she might ask questions or DNA tests and all that kind of stuff. You know, if she will learn eventually that he wasn't the biological father. And if you're prepared for that, um, on how it will affect potentially her feelings towards you, um, if she's going to want to meet Brandon and all that kind of stuff and what kind of reaction he will have. But uh, for the time being, she's still young. I just really, you know, I'm, I'm impressed that you guys have really seemed to come out stronger as a couple and that you were willing to try things to get your relationship to work. And even though there was a lot of pain and heartache involved, it's amazing how many couples come out stronger. I don't know. It's just, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you. And I hope all your children are doing well. And also, one thing I do want to mention was, and this is, Carrie is aware of this, obviously, but I reached back out to her in regards to the very beginning of part one, where she talked about an infidelity situation with her parents and her father ending up in jail. And I asked her if she would be willing to share that story as to what happened. And she said it was quite a well-known case back when it happened in the 80s. So she's going to write something up and is allowing me to be able to share that with everybody. Because, you know, they're... Look at that dynamic. I haven't had to come across anything in my stories, but I'm actually wanting to get some because I'm a big true crime weirdo. But when it comes to infidelity and murder, and so with her being willing to share this, I'm thankful. I'm curious. People snap like this when it comes to infidelity. And like I was trying to say, and then I kind of babbled all over the place, was... You know, I haven't come across many stories like that uh, that have come to me. And, you know, that's good because I want to see people either divorce and move on or work it out. Um, Doing something to that nature is worse than anything. You know, you, you can't go back from anything that we do. We can't, you know, the consequences, but infidelity is one thing, murder is another. So, anyway, thank you all so much for being here and hope you've enjoyed Carrie's story. I will be back next week with a new Ponder episode and we're going to talk about, um, it's actually a story that a woman shared on Quora and she was anonymous, so I don't even know who she is, but it was a very interesting story and then the feedback that people got or gave her from that was, you know, you're going to hear judgment and that's what happens a lot. But anyway, I found this interesting. I will share it when we release it on August 21st. Have a good day and thank you so much for being here.
On Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity, I share stories of women who have been unfaithful to their spouse or partner. I give them a safe space to be able to explain what happened and why they chose the direction of infidelity. I also feel it is just as important to understand what the betrayed husband or partner faced when they uncovered the truth. My plan was to bluff. I was going to tell her that the jig was up and that I had hired a private detective and had 100% proof that she was having an affair, even though I really didn't have proof, but I was at my end. So we got there. I sprung it on her and at that point she finally caved and admitted it. I could feel my face turning beet red. I was shocked, but not really. I took a moment before I asked her if she had been having sex with him. She said, yes. I flipped out. I was horrified. I was grossed out because we were having sex up until the day she tricked me into leaving the house. The counselor was freaking out because I lost my mind. Karen left, but the counselor said I couldn't leave in my current state of mind. So she called my dad to come get me. I said fuck that and pushed past the counselor and out the door I went. To hear bonus stories of the men's discovery of female infidelity in their relationship and have early access to regular episodes ad-free, subscribe to my Patreon by visiting my website, rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com. Subscription pledges start as low as $3 a month. Thank you for listening to Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity. Your support of the podcast is truly appreciated. Be sure to visit my website at rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com. There, you will find story guides to help form your story, where you can subscribe to Patreon, and an opportunity to vote for the podcast to be in the Hot 50 Countdown for Podcast Magazine. To submit your story, share feedback about the show, or if you have a Let's Ponder suggestion, please email it to rebecca.rawtruth at gmail.com or mail to Rebecca Adams, P.O. Box 821064, Vancouver, Washington, 98682. Each story is taken into careful consideration, read without judgment, and always anonymous. Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity is written, produced, and edited by me, Rebecca Adams. If you enjoy this podcast, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Be kind to one another, be kind to yourself, and always remember, no judgment. Goodbye. Goodbye.